Just like that. That's game. Fox Sportsnet. Actually, we have more respect for ourselves than to label ourselves something that's trash as fucking Fox. Fox anything can eat a dick. It's Sunday night. I mean, think about it. They have fucking Joe Buck as their as their head fucking broadcaster. Yeah. It's Ugh. not as good as Joe Byron because he gonna take me out to dinner, baby. <laughs> all right, but th- all right, you guys, this is gonna be and that's game. It's our first take at a sports show. Woo! It's gonna be fun. This is Kevin. This is Evan. And this is and that's game. Boom! Just like that, we in here. All right, so we're, we're talking about first. Let's talk about Tom Terrific because you know he retired. <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> but yes, Tom. It terrific. sounds like you were clearing your nose to snort cocaine. That didn't sound like crying. Oh no, that's all oh, good stuff. But uh, no, nah, Tom Terrific is is gone officially. Announced it on the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebook. And he uh, he officially said goodbye. Everyone was like, "Oh, he said goodbye to the Bucks fans." But let's get it correct. He said goodbye to us. You know, before the Bucks, and uh, he's probably going to sign a one-day contract. I hope, please God, it can't go out like this. Twenty-two years, seven Super Bowls. He's one of the first athletes where there's no conversation about if he's the goat. Like he just is the goat. Even like Joe Montana would say he surpassed me when he got that fifth and sixth ring. Shout out to my cousin who still thinks Aaron Rodgers is. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Ah, uh, his playoff record is garbage. You can't be the goat and be bad. NFC something. Championship has him down bad. You know, his overall playoff record is not it's pretty Ooh. bad. Um but it was a great it was a great run, Tom twenty two years. And it looked like time couldn't it was Tom versus Time, but I don't think Time ever was in the fight. See, what's funny is I remember I was playing uh Madden, I was looking through Tom Brady quotes the other day, and he had a quote that said when they asked when he's gonna retire, he's like, I'm gonna retire when I suck. That motherfucker lied to us because he never dropped off in production. Like, he went through two dynasties, and then he won a Super Bowl with a different team to prove he wasn't a system quarterback. Like, he did everything you would think a quarterback has to do. Never to say, I'm the, I'm the beast. Like, I, I, I gave him lots of, of shit. I made fun of his love of avocado ice cream and his weird TB12 regiment. But at the end of the day, it helped him win, and he was one of the best leaders and best people the league has ever seen. And we're all going to miss him. And it's going to be a different league starting next year. <clears throat> it's... uh. It's sad, it's sad to see Eric go. I've only ever known Pat's football with Tom Brady because let's be honest here, I didn't really watch football when I was two. So and you didn't watch that one year. You guys sucked. Uh, I watched it. Matt Castle did the best he could in that situation. I was talking about that year. I was talking about the year when you had to get the draft pick so you can get Mac Jones. The year hey, between it worked out, and also for a team that sucked, we were only, we were only seven and nine. It's better than when like the Browns suck and they have like a beer fridge that they'll open when they win a game. Or that time when Hugh Jackson had to do a jump in a river because they didn't win a game all year. We gonna talk about Hugh Jackson real soon, best believe. But <laughs> you know crazy. what? As we're, as we're in with the new, we gotta talk about out with the old real quick. Because you know it's not just like Tom Brady that's leaving. It's a couple quarterbacks that are kind of on their way right after him. So in the last let's say four years, uh, a lot of quarterbacks have gone. Like Peyton Manning retired a couple years ago. Drew Brees retired last year. Ben Roethlisberger just retired this year. Philip Rivers a couple years ago. Eli Manning a couple years ago. Like the old guard, like that whole generation is pretty much gone. And is then, that official? Because Eli was still having like ceremonies as of this year. I mean, <laughs> Eli left last season. My man has six retirement ceremonies. <laughs> no, yeah, he was. He, he he counts us out too. But like you think about it, like 
the only people that really left from the that generation are the tweeners who were kind of that generation, but just a little bit past it, which would be like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and, and Matthew Stafford. Like those are the last four old quarterbacks, you guys. And honestly, in the next couple of years, like it's really going to just be like Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson because I don't think that that Matt Ryan is going to play till he's forty at this rate. And and we'll talk about it later, but Aaron Rodgers' future is pretty much up in the air right now. Yeah, we don't have no idea where he's going because he's actually restricted. He's going to be a free agent this 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 summer, so that's going to be interesting to navigate as well. Um, but yeah, with the old, with all the old quarterbacks that are either declining or out, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about the new guys because you got to realize is that. The lineup of the best quarterbacks is now a completely different conversation with Brady out of the picture. So I kind of made a list. Kevin doesn't agree with all the spots, but yeah, he thinks Mac Jones is the number one quarterback in the league. If you I didn't him. say that, I didn't think that that Kirk Cousins was top eight. That's all I said. Uh, well, he's not top eight. He's, he's, he's in the top. original list, ladies and gentlemen. He was definitely top eight. No, actually, I'm looking at the top list. And he had Kirk a little Cousins. heart next to his name. It was weird. Uh, Kirk Cousins was never uh, anything higher than ten on the list. But thank you for trying. Uh, all right, so let's, let's drop into this this top fifteen list because it. So we're gonna do this in tiers. Top five is elite franchise quarterbacks like best in the league. If the let's just say honestly that three through six rotates every year, but top five is where you want to be if you want to be like the best in the game. But one, two, and three are usually pretty much cemented and it, it rotates. But one, two, three are usually the same. So in the same thought, the first three are gonna be Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Joe Burrow. Now, for a lot of people that are like Joe Burrow, he's only his, his first full year as a starter. So, what was Patrick Mahomes' first full year as a starter? He was fucking 15 and 11, and Joe Burrow beat a lot of people. Joe Burrow makes his team better, and Joe Burrow arguably is going to be the face of the league the next 10 years over Patrick Mahomes. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, I, I will stand on that hill, and I'll die on that hill that Joe Burrow is going to be one of the best ones. Um, number four, believe it or not, Matthew Stafford with a line and receivers is a much higher quality quarterback than we gave him credit for. I'm putting him at number four, and I don't not fight me. Um, Josh Allen rounds up number five, top five, because he's I always would definitely top five. put Josh Allen above Matt Stafford. <laughs> Josh Allen was outplayed by Matt Stafford <clears> this year. <throat> So, I mean, like, even if you're going to say it's just one year, I mean, Matt Stafford it is just had, one year. Matt Stafford has had multiple fire years before. Uh, it's in Detroit. Does it really count? It, it's it's dog years, but it counts. Um, rounding out the number six, somebody who finally dropped out of the top five is Russell Wilson. I was kind of surprised to see him drop out, but the honest truth is, like, he... He's been okay as of late, and then his injury year this year was pretty rough. And he's still, like, a franchise guy, but he just has to get healthy, and he has to get a team that's, like, ready to compete, and he's just not right there right now, so you can't, like, leave him there. But those run up at like top six. So, like, a franchise plus the one, I saw, it's almost like five and five A, because, like, Russell kind of, like, fits that, but I'm not going to give it to him because he just needs to be healthy for a full season and get that top five bit. All right, so um, seven through ten. These are your guys who are performing... But they're not they're not always consistently elite, but they're they're gonna win you a lot of games and they might even win you a playoff game or two. All right, so there's Justin Herbert, uh Lamar Lamar Jackson is gonna be number eight, uh, Herbert's number seven, uh number nine is gonna be Dak Prescott, number ten is Derek Carr. So a lot of people hate on Derek Carr and they don't give him the respect he deserves, but believe it or not, his numbers have been like Aaron Rodgers esque, but he just doesn't have the completion percentage that he does. But he's been balling, he just, they just didn't win a lot. Hey man. Derek Carr has been killing it when he's driven by Henry Ruggs. Hey, we're not doing that one. I'm not doing it. Ah! You. All right. And then here's 11 through 15. See, 11 through 15 is where you really get into fights with people at bars because everybody swears their quarterback's top 10. And the reality is there are a lot of guys who are almost but not quite. And, like, they have, like, the qualities to do it, but they just don't. They're not consistent enough or they haven't shown enough to get in that top 10. 
And that's kind of the thing here. So at number 11 is actually Kyler Murray, because if we're talking about first half of the season, Kyler Murray, he was top five. But we're talking second half of the season, Kyler Murray, he was in the back 20. So you got to kind of put that in perspective and just say, like, which one are we going to get? Little fella fell under the pressure. Yeah, like that playoff game, he kind of folded like like an, like an or like what do you call that? Like an accordion. Like it was bad. And like that whole team, like if Kyler Murray plays the way at the end of the season he did an extra, he may not finish the season as a starter. Simply because I feel like that owner is going to probably fire Cliff Kingsbury if this keeps up the way it has been. Um, number 12, Kirk Cousins. And that's right. This is where I put Kirk Cousins. Because here's the thing. Say what you will. Bullshit. But he has led a top five offense the last two to three years. And you can you can hate it, but there he has played. Like, you look at his numbers. He's top five in every single quarterback stat. Remember when the Vikings fans made their own TikToks about him overthrowing to everybody that he throws to? Uh, I liked you, that. You confuse him with. Uh, I liked that. You, you confuse that with Baker Mayfield. No, no, it was definitely Kirk Cousins. Nah. Um, number thirteen, uh, Mac and Cheese Jones, Macaroni. Um, I'll put an asterisk with that. I feel like we need to see his second year. He is still rookie. <laughs> Bless you. Ooh. You um, get, get one of those. Oh my gosh, I was dying. But no, yeah, I feel like Mac Jones has what it takes to be a top ten quarterback, and Kevin's probably hearing me say that. But like, he just has to do it again before I can put him in top ten. Because I can say that Mac Jones, he had a top five rookie year this year. That's all I'll say. He had a top ten rookie year. We we will he Kevin will die on the hill. But Mac Jones didn't finish top five in any rookie stats other than uh, passing percentage in terms of accuracy. So I can't put him top five. But he's top ten. Like he had a great rookie year, but I'm. I'm not going to bump him over other quarterbacks who had better years. Mac Jones is the best. He, he will die on the hill. Okay, number 14, Jimmy G. No matter where this man goes, he's going to win. Like, everybody, like, anybody who watched SportsCenter or NFL Network, everybody tried to shit on Jimmy G and give you all these statistics about him not being good. Like, I don't know what games you guys are watching to be making these fucking proclamations. Because if you look at statistics from last week, both quarterbacks from the NFC Championship game played the same quality of game. If he was on the Patriots with the O-line that they have, Jimmy G's future would have been. He already has two rings. Right. He he probably would have taken them to one. The fact that he almost had three. Yeah. Like, don't forget, there's never, ever shit on a quarterback who's made, brought a team to a Super Bowl. Say what you will, but they're not garbage. Like, it's not like he was just an also-ran who was on the roster. Like, he was legitimately winning games for them to get them to a Super Bowl. Like, Jimmy G will be a starter next year, and he will be a quality starter. Yeah, we just know it won't be in San Francisco. And then kind of to round up the top 15 is Ryan Tannehill. Believe it or not, I'm not going to shit on him. Like, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee has been a new man. Uh, we're not going to ignore the blunder that was this year's game, but that was an aberration in the last two years. He was consistent towards the beginning of the season. Towards the end of the season, he Ryan Tannehilled himself. Well, I mean, he wasn't bad, but again, you're a different quarterback when you have an all-world He is back. the reason that they lost that playoff game. He yeah, literally that threw that shit away. We're not going to deny that he didn't play a good game, but you got to always take it with a grain of salt because they weren't at full strength. And that's not as huge for the performance, but that is to say when all the cards are rolling, like I would take him and a couple of the quarterbacks over a lot of people because he, he's a gamer. He has played better when we needed him to, but that kind of rounds the top 15. reason why I stopped there when it comes to quarterbacks is because if you're not top 15, what are you doing? Like all those other quarterbacks don't even get to start fucking 16 games. Looking at you, Tua. Yeah, like I like you, Tua. You just I don't know that you're going to play 12 games next year. I'm sorry, but I just it depends on your quarterback. I mean, your, I mean your head coach. We don't know who that's going to be, and kind of that's kind of where I want to slide into it. Uh, before we um, jump into um, the next one, 
um, Super Bowl parallels, I actually want to take a second to preface that one and flop it around because I wanted to talk about what the two teams have in common, but I want to talk about how we got to that point. So um, what's interesting about these two teams in the Super Bowl is that these two coaches have some connective tissue. And a lot of the coaches that are in this league right now all have connective tissue. And by that, I mean that they all kind of came from the same coaching trees, meaning they all had some concepts or came from one guy who spread and branched out and kind of has influence over the game. And so I actually wrote it out. And believe it or not, you'd be surprised with how it actually runs out. So what's interesting, number one, about the matchup, because and you know I'm thinking about just combining these two as one because it kind of does flow together. Um, so, Zach Sta- so Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Bengals. And Sean McVay is the head coach of the LA Rams. Zach Taylor, until a couple years ago, was the offensive coordinator of the Rams. He, that was his last position before he moved up and moved over. Sorry, he was a quarterback coach. I'm sorry. But he came from Sean McVay. And then looking at Sean McVay's thing and looking back, I noticed something that made me look at the co- coaches in general who all kind of came together. So there are two main head coaches I want to bring attention to in the last like 20 years uh, Mike Holmgren and Mike Shanahan. Now, why do I bring those names up? Now, I bring that up because of how many coaches in this league today have had some part of them where they've either worked for them directly or have had their concepts a part of what their their philosophies is with their franchises. Looking at this list, with the exception of two guys, all of these people are still in the league. And with the exception of three guys, all of them are all still head coaches, which is why it's surprising. So, Mike Holmgren first. <clears throat> Mike Holmgren's big two disciples were Andy Reid and John Gruden. Andy Reid has influenced and had a hand in Pat Shermer, who used to be the Giants head coach, John Harbaugh, who you know who he is, Sean McDermott, and Ron Rivera. And then Ron Rivera has been a big piece of Steve Wilkes, who's now a, is a coach with the uh, Cardinals. So all those are some quality names, and it's not just because like they're related, but because they've all they're all defensive minded guys who've had a, who are good stern coaches. And you kind of look at that, and I'm like, damn, like all these guys have some Mike Holmgren in them, and it's cool. But when you look at that, you also see when you go a little bit under that, there's like Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, and Matt Nagy. Now, of all these names, Steve Wilkes is not a head coach right now, and Matt Nagy just got fired, but he will be a coordinator this year. I'm under the assumption that he will find a job because he's not one of those people who's stuck on having to be a head coach to be in the league, which is what will keep his career going is knowing when you got to step back and step forward. Um, what's cool and what connects these two quarterbacks I mean, to um, – Coaches of Mike Holmgren and Mike Shanahan is that John Gruden and Mike Shanahan had two disciples in particular that were under both of them, and that would be Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Sean McVay's first coaching job in the league was with John Gruden in 2008. He was quarterback coach. And after that, he ended up going to Washington, where he was in the room with some pretty huge names with Mike Shanahan, those being Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Matt LaFleur are all head coaches now, and they're all the top five in terms of winning percentages in the last five years. It's amazing when you think of how good these coaches are doing. And Matt LaFleur's disciple is actually winning too. Matt LaFleur, his replacement in Tennessee was actually Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Falcons, for those of you guys who don't know. So it's interesting seeing how many of these coaches are all kind of coming from the same concept. And then also Mike Shanahan is also responsible for Gary Kubiak, which you're aware of. Gary Kubiak was a great head coach for the Texans, and he was an offensive coordinator for a couple years with the Vikings, where he left, well, he, he, he came, he coached, he retired, he came back. And then Kevin Stefanski took over when he re-retired. He was really good, and now Kevin Stefanski is the head coach of the Browns, which is interesting because if you're looking at this, there's like eight and nine coaches that are in head coaches that all come from two guys. And the last one on this list of, uh, of coaches would be Anthony Lynn, who's now not on any team because he got fired from the Lions recently. He was an offensive coordinator. But 
it's just interesting because you have these all these teams that have all these concepts and you realize how similar they, they think in terms of how you run your play organization and that's why their teams are so similar like both of these teams have young quarterbacks or they have like teams that are built around newer philosophies and newer concepts and that's why it's kind of interesting like Joe Burrow is like the new wonder kind of the NBA and the NBA said the NFL he's like the beloved child like he can do no wrong this year he has gone up against all like a lot of these names in this top 15 and he's beat a lot of them and that's kind of what makes him different he, he has like this pedigree of winning he, he won at the high school level he won at the college level individually and as a team and in the NFL he's he's killing it now too like he's gonna probably be if he wins the Super Bowl the first Heisman winning quarterback who also won a national championship and a Super Bowl if he wins. You know, there are, I want to say, three or four players who have a Heisman and an NFL championship, but there's none that have those and have won a national championship. So he's potentially going to be, like, the most straight across, like, winning his quarterback, and that's what makes him different. He wins and he elevates any team he's a part of, which is what makes him so interesting. And that's kind of crazy because, like, you compare it to Matt Stafford – who was like the man in um, Georgia when he played there. But like he one of the Lions who were like a really bad team. And like Matt Stafford is one of those people where like his career kind of got diluted because the Lions franchise just couldn't build. And they're historically bad at building teams. And it's also crazy because you realize that the Lions have two Hall of Fame caliber players who retired in their early 30s because of their inability to build. Like I'm talking about Barry Sanders and I'm talking about Calvin Johnson. That's crazy. That they're just they just don't know what to do with the players. Like they're they have a good eye, but just an inconsistent eye. And now they're biting kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. And it's like you look at that, and I'm just like, yo, like I have things on both teams that make me want them to win. Like with the Bengals, I want Joe Burrow to win because I feel like he's gonna like you. You want the cool guy to win. Like you want the guy to win. Like so, when you guys hear him talk about Joe Burrow, can you hear him sliding the cum slowly down his throat? Oh, stop with your fucking hating mouth. Yeah, I mean, he's better than your quarterback. He's damn sure better than mine. Look, they haven't played us yet. That's all that means. <laughs> I love the fact that you're ready to Mac Jones is God. for Mac Jones. 2.0. But kind of like that. Like, that's just talking about two teams, but also, like, who do you think is going to win that game? The Rams. I think that it's going to be a good game, but I also think the Rams will win, too. Because Matt Stafford and that defense are just ready. Joe for Burrow moment. got sacked nine times by a team with a much weaker D line. Aaron, jo- or, or sorry, geez, Aaron Donald is going to make Joe Burrow his little bitty bitch, little itty bitty bitch. <clears throat> but no, I think that Joe Burrow will make it to multiple Super Bowls. I don't think he wins this one. Honestly, not. No, no. If he does, I'm happy for him, and I think they deserve he's it. He's not going to make many more because the Patriots are going to go every year. So it's it's okay, though. He's got oh, his one little one shine this, this, in a moment. It's stupid that he has going. No. And then, and then that's really it for him. And then, you know, Brady was just like, Lamar, take it from here, bro. So then Lamar is going to take over somehow. Hopefully he doesn't know, you know, go to the bathroom every game. And then, you know, go to go poo-poo. But when he doesn't, you know, need to go poo-poo, and he has a guy better than uh, Marquise. Brown, uh, Hollywood maybe. Brown. Nah, he's just Marquise now. He ain't doing no Hollywood shit lately. Uh, so well, hopefully, when he has a better wide receiver than that, they can actually, you know, do something. It's like that kid poking the thing with a stick. Come on, do something, dude. Literally, they're three games out of the playoffs this year, despite them having the injuries and everything. Mm. 
Trash. They're going to be back to winning. They're going to win their division next year. I said what I said. The Bengals got lucky because two of the teams had declining quarterbacks. But uh, trust me, next year it's going to be the Ravens and the Bengals no. in that division. No. Okay. But that's we're going to we're going to let ourselves disagree on that one. But one thing I do want to bring up that we do agree on is that there are some openings in the NFL head coaching carousel, and I want to go over some of these real quick. And, and I want to keep them kind of short and sweet because we're just talking about kind of things that are open, what we think is going to happen with each one. They're not in order. I'm just going based on what I wrote down. <clears throat> so at the time of this broadcast, there was a new breaking news that Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, is in talks and is strongly believed to be the future head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, my team. I am so excited if we get him. He is a really good offensive guy. And I think it'll be good for the league because the Sean McVay disciples are doing pretty well. Like Sean McVay is, I feel like Sean McVay, what makes him so special and what makes his tree kind of the next big one is that he got to work with two of the greats in terms of Mike Shanahan and John Gruden. And he kind of got to take both of their kind of philosophies. So he kind of is lucky because he's under both of the coaching trees we talked about. And even though he's young, like he kind of just soaked it all in and it's what he did. He was big on taking everything and then doing it his own way, which is why he does things the way he did. Like, he's the only head coach in the history of the NFL who literally will throw away first-round picks like they're fucking napkins and still wins games because he realizes it's just one way to acquire talent. And he's the, he's of the philosophy and of the mindset that he would rather take a proven talent over a, a potential talent. And I don't disagree with that thought process because this is one way to do it. And, hey, they're winning and they're in the Super Bowl two times in the last five years, so you can't argue with the results. It's, it's a thing you do. But, um, yeah, so O'Connell's looking like he's, he's going to be a future head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I put up the Panthers, but I think Matt Rule's still the head coach. I wasn't sure about that one. I'm not sure. Um, the Bears fired Matt Nagy. They haven't got anybody yet. I haven't heard anything on that one yet. I don't know where that's going with that one. Um, the Giants are potentially and allegedly they're looking at about Dable to be the new head coach, and that's going to be something we talk about in a they little bit. They are hiring Dable. That's a, it's, it's unconfirmed. Confirmed. Bill Belichick says it, so it shall be. Uh, the Broncos have stolen the offensive coordinator of the Packers, one Nathaniel Hackett. And he's going to be a pretty good head coach. He's Why'd really you good. have to make him sound like he was whipping somebody? I mean, I was, I was thinking like the, the, the George Watson chopping tree thing. Oh, uh, you made him sound racist. I mean, a whip doesn't have to be racist. racist. It's not racist if it's in the bedroom. Ooh, no, then it's just hot. Kinky. Um, Texans, they haven't allegedly had anyone in the in talks that they're serious about yet. They just know they didn't want David Cully. I don't know. I mean, eh, David Cully was kind of like a lame duck head coach, so I, I feel for him. But also, like, <clears throat> eh, I don't know that there's really a good fit of any of these coaches that are available that really, like, on paper seem like the ideal fit. I'll go ahead with one. Uh, Josh McDaniels is now the official head coach of the – Raiders. Raiders. I forgot what city they were in. They keep switching it. And uh, and all I got to say is I think his first order of business should be teaching them where what Uber is first off and then where you can find them. You know what's crazy is that the Raiders situation with all of the players and the drunk driving was so bad that the NFL now has a program with the NFL PA on like, or not even now has. They already had one. They had one where you can literally get a free car if you are stoned or drunk you can literally call this number and they will give you a ride, you stupid fuck. And what's crazy is that you shouldn't need one when all of them make like a minimum 700000 But we're You can't pay one of your bros to drive you? Right. Broke. That's crazy. But nah, so there's also the Jaguars who don't have anybody. I thought for a minute it was going to be Brian Leftwich, but that was unofficial. 
And it talked like they were close, but they couldn't get the contract right, so he, he stepped back. It's going to be the girl that Urban Myers uh, wore like a glove. Oh, no. Uh, the Dolphins? Uh, the Dolphins is, well, I think, they're going to be the hardest job to fill out of all of these because of everything happening with your boy, um, Brian Flores, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But also, like the Saints, they just had um, Coach Payton retire. The Saints is probably, of all the jobs on this list now, the best job and the most desirable job on this list. Because the defense is top five, and they still have offensive weapons. They just need to get their line back right, and they, they just need to get a, a reliable quarterback, and they're, they're viable. Then you get rid of Slant Boy and get a good first-round pick for him. Oh, you mean uh, Brandon <clears throat> Cooks? No, Michael uh, Thomas. Oh, no, 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 no. Michael Thomas isn't Slant Boy. Slant man. Boy. He has multiple routes. He's the slant top boy. He literally got injured this he year. He got slant to the left, slant to the right. Michael Thomas is the top five receiver. You're, you're smoking that paint derps. Um, but no, yeah, the Saints are kind of the best one. But kind of going back to the Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins are going to be the hardest job in the league to fill for multiple reasons. Like, if it's not the fact that you you're not sold on Tua and you're not sold on the overall roster, there's also talks of kind of the owner being overbearing. And we'll talk about the owner in a little bit. Oh, we're, we're, I mean, a little bit's now. The, the future <clears throat> is now. Uh, so, well, well, first and foremost, do you want to just go into, or did you have any more people from? The coaching. Oh, no, that's everything. Believe it or not, that was, that was everything. Oh. I was like, wait, wait, that's All right, so first and foremost, the NFL is racist. What? Don't <laughs> worry, though. They're going to make that Black Lives Matter sign on the end zone look a little bit bigger next year, so it really pops out for you. Um, is that too real? I'm sorry. No, what's too real um, is that, that Aaron Donald has in racism on the back of his helmet, but he's here choking, yeah. choking people. Like, end hate. Like, now he's, he's... He he Homer Simpsons that dude. Like, he was going to end his shit right there. Weight room. Um, Yeah, he was like, I've squished a watermelon with my bare hands. You're not different. Anybody who boxes with knives to get ready he to He literally, literally gets stabbed for fun. Um, so, uh, also, if you've ever seen those videos of the women that can, like, crush the watermelon with their thighs, hit me up on my DMs. Anyway, not, not, not relevant, but relevant. Uh, so, Brian Flores has allegedly... Uh, not allegedly, he has alleged that, uh, look at me using big language, see mom, I am smart, uh, the, that the uh, NFL is a, a racist, uh, shocking that all of the old rich white people are racist, I had no idea. You psych a lot! And he said that uh, there's three teams that he's going after, uh, one, of which, one of which is being his old team, and one of which is being the new team that he was trying to get, which was the Giants. He was applying for the head coaching job. And the Broncos. And the Broncos was the third. Okay. Uh, so, didn't know the third one off the top of my head. But uh, anyway, the New York Giants, uh, apparently Bill Belichick, of all people, I didn't know he had anything other than a 90s brick phone in his pocket, but apparently he can text. And I'm so proud of him. And he even used the F word at one point. And I'm like, I didn't know he could cuss. I thought that his just, his energy was a cuss word. Bro, I didn't know he had friends like, like that in the league. Like, I yeah. didn't know he was actually friendly with other coaches. He's, he's, he's super friendly with Brian Flores. He, they're like really good friends. But I mean, just in general, so, like he's actually like friends with lots of coaches. Like he's actually. He knows things before Roger Goodell does. Best believe. Oh, 100%. And, and so he hit up Brian Flores because he was like, he misread a text that said that, you know, the other guy was winning. And uh, or was going to get the job. So he congratulated his friend was like, yo, congrats. He was like, yeah, didn't you get the Giants job? Oh, I haven't heard anything yet, coach. I really hope so. And then he was like, oh, I fucked that up. Uh, they, they told me that it was the other guy. I'm so sorry about that. And then when he heard, uh, the thing was that allegedly they made their decision. And then because of the Rooney rule, which is for those of you that don't know what that is, it's, it's basically they pressure teams to 
to at least have somebody of color as one of their hires because let me, there's let me, a let lot me, of let me let me hit you with the with the whole ruling rule because yeah. I want you to get this 100 percent right. The Rooney rule in particular was by Art Rooney, the former um, owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was about diversity and inclusion in the NFL, and the rule basically states that. Every time there's an opening for any candidacy of a head coach, of an offensive position, of an head office, of a GM position, you have to internally interview a minority candidate and externally hire an intern in a candidate for every single position. Absolutely. To give us the opportunity to get those jobs. Because we have a 70% black league, but we have the, the lowest turnout of our race in terms of ownership or in positions of authority within the NFL, which is a problem. I like how he was like, white man, don't screw this up, even though I was literally going to say the exact same thing. But uh, they, they, they basically are saying, oh, they only used that rule to like, oh, have him interview after they already knew who they were going to choose. Now, whether or not that's true will be determined later because, I mean, I believe it is true technically because I believe that part the of the timeline true. itself makes sense. Because his interview was supposed to be till Friday. Yeah. So the fact you're sending out thank yous before everyone's been before interviewed. Before he even got interviewed. Yeah. You yeah. can't be doing that shit. So, and, and shout out to Bill Belichick who probably was just looking out for a friend and really thought that he was congratulating him and yeah. accidentally revealed, you know, something really serious. But... Uh, I'm sure Belichick would be on his side with that because he actually really likes Brian Flores as a coach and probably yeah. wanted him back. Um, yeah. And if he comes back to us because of this, y'all done, he will, he will y'all done fucked up. B-Flow will probably be your offensive coordinator. I y'all, think gonna be whew, y'all, going, y'all done fucked up, baby. We're not going to have Steve <laughs> Belichick going ha, la, 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 in the sideline anymore. Oh, man. That man licks his lips so damn hard, you would have thought he had nice flavor chapstick. So Brian Flores is also, we're going to go right into it, accusing the Miami owner the owner, big boss with the money, pockets, of uh, paying him $100,000 every time they lost, which if you guys don't know anything about laws, that is called illegal. Not just bribery. It's actually, uh, I forgot the word off the top of my head as I was saying things all smart, but uh, it's it's definitely illegal. You're throwing a game on purpose. This is what boxers used to get arrested for. Uh, if you ever seen the y- longest yard, this is exactly what uh, your boy Adam Sandler went to prison for. So the Dolphins owner basically was trying to get draft picks, and he told uh, Brian Flores that it's not only is it okay for you to lose these games, if he just said that, fine, whatever, right? A lot of teams tank. Right. He was going to give him money every time that he literally a specific paycheck for every time that they lost a game. Well, two things uh, on that one, I add real quick on that one that are important and that are good context what you're talking about. Um, there was an interview with Brian Flores the year he got there where he was explicitly asked to his face, are you guys trying to tank this year? No, I'm trying to win football games. And literally he was like, I'm trying to fucking win football games. What kind of bullshit is that? It's the NFL. This is like, And he made it very clear that that's a low integrity move. Brian Flores is a very high integrity guy. Like that, the concept of tanking is foreign to him. He would never intentionally lose a game. It doesn't sit right with him, and it's bullshit. But also, the other thing: Do you know why he was telling him to do that? Do you know who was in the draft that he was trying to get? He was trying to get Trevor Lawrence. Yep, they wanted Trevor Lawrence. Tank for Trevor. Literally, no. There was there was a campaign called Tank for Tua back when Tua before we all thought he was. The and then he was player. like, "Fuck, maybe Trevor." You know, they, he really wanted Trevor Lawrence. They thought he was the next great guy. So you're saying it was tank for Tua and then try again for Trevor. Yeah, literally. That was literally what it was. But, like, it didn't pan out because it's impossible to just lose every game. So fun fact for you, based on another black coach that had a similar thing happen to mm-hmm. him, Hugh Jackson went on uh, today and said, yeah, I was also paid by the Browns to throw 
every single game. Now, he said, y'all don't want me to really go out here and say all this, but you know what? Seeing this guy really throw away his career to make a statement and to put something out there, I might say something too. And he said that, uh, he didn't say the number, but he said, oh, best believe, in a response on Twitter, he said, oh, best believe it was a good number. It was, it was probably in the M's. Uh, no, it was Not probably, game. no, he said Overall. it wasn't 100,000, but it was a good number. So he probably was paid like 80, 90K to, to throw these games. He we're, was we're talking he was about the 0 16 season. And you, yes. know, you know why it's important, right? You know who they got the next year? Baker Mayfield. Not only that, but he went like 3 and 30. Like, I mean, it's not like he yeah. wasn't throwing games, but uh, that makes you wonder how good that Browns team could have really been because uh, probably, I mean, unfortunately, he was probably not going to get another NFL gig, but he's basically saying that uh, that he probably went with it if he's if he's really being honest. Do you, do you, know, you, know, you know what the problem is with, with things like this that happen every day is that Hugh is now the head coach of an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Hugh knows he's not getting back in the league anytime soon. And Hugh said, fuck it, said, I don't even want to go back to the league because I already got my money. He's also up there in age. I don't know if he wants to. I mean, eh, age isn't necessarily like a thing because you got Bill Belichick, you got you got Pete Bill's Carroll, different. I feel like he'll Andy, die the second he retires. You got Andy. Like there's, there's people, but that most quarter no most coaches don't want to po- coach in their seventies. They'll coach until their mid sixties and they give up. That's that's most coaches. But some people are wired weird. But like it's crazy because like you talk about tanking and tanking for all you guys home when aren't really high sports people. It's this concept of intentionally losing or underperforming. Because the outcome or the intended outcome long term exceeds the reward of winning now. Because you know you're going to be decent. It's like every sport has a team that's kind of okay, but they're not good enough to win anything, but they're not bad enough to be the worst team. And most times you're middle of the pack. And you know, I got respect for teams that do that. You know why? Because they're at least trying to their best potential and they're not cheating the game. Like I'm talking Shit, about the Falcons could have thrown every single game the last five years and no one would have noticed. Right, because they suck, but because the, the roster is terrible. And they've like, been seven and nine consistently. Like I love Arthur Blank as an owner; he's a great owner. I like what he's done for the league, but like uh, his 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 last general manager, ugh, he's uh, Thomas Dimitrov, I think it was. Like he just was not drafting good players. But see, to me, this is the same thing as if a re- a wrestler or a fighter was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to throw this fight." I mean, it's the same thing to me. It's it's not moral at all. You're you're basically giving up giving up what you are as a as a fighter, as a performer, as an athlete, to to get a little extra paycheck. When the whole point of your sport, the same thing with again fighting, right? Uh, the whole point of the NFL, the whole point of all these sports is to win, to be competitive. There is no there is no fucking you know D three team like you are all D one teams in this scenario. Like you can't just be out here tanking games. Uh, to get a good draft pick, because if that's the case, then every team should just not try. You know, the Chiefs want to get an extra first round. Fuck it, we're gonna sit, we're gonna sit Mahomes the whole year, sit Kelsey and sit Hill and see what happens. You know, like it's it's really messed up. And then also the fact that these are the two black coaches of a not a long list that have been the ones that have 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 had to come out and be like, yeah, they paid me because they were like, yeah, if we lose you, we lose you. And they didn't care. Like, what's crazy about all this, and kind of like we're wrapping a bow on this one, kind of say a couple more things real quick and just kind of move on because we got like two more things to talk about on the show for this inaugural episode of And That's Game. Um, it's a problem in every major sport. And, the, and like, the league is trying to find ways to stop people from like cheating or negatively influencing outcomes. And it's like, what do you really get from taking? Because, like, you're, you're, you're under the assumption that these guys are going to pan out to be what you think they're going to be. Because I'm not shitting on Trevor Lawrence, but he wasn't like this wonderkin that made the Jaguars instantly the next big thing. He was all right. 
he's pretty decent. He's talented, but he still needs a good team around him. And it's like the Lions, like for all their losses, like the Lions couldn't win with Matt Stafford. What the fuck you think Jared Goff is going to do? I believe the Lions are a two and fucking 15 team. I believe that when I see them, but I don't believe that some of these teams are as bad as they are year in year. Like honest truth, like the, the Cleveland Browns have had a good roster for years. They just didn't have the right philosophies to make use of these players. And that's why they're so good immediately. So quickly they weren't bad. So speaking of the lions and their daddy, okay. uh, talk to me about Aaron Rodgers' future destinations. <laughs> I see what you did there before he goes out for cigarettes. Well, no, yeah, because so Aaron Rodgers is going to be a free agent this summer, and we're we're not quite sure what he wants to do. Aaron is one of my favorite players, and he's like one of my favorite players in the league for a long time. He's talented. He's great. He was the most talented quarterback in NFL history before Patrick Mahomes came through, and I say that because no one could throw it as fast as he, as he did, as far as he could. No one was athletic or as accurate as him. Like he just could do everything at a level no one had seen before. But he didn't have the percentage. He didn't have the winning percentages of the rings to back it up, and that's why a lot of people sit on that hill and try to say Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback. He's one of the most talented prospects ever. Like if there was the most talented quarterback ever list, it's Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, fucking Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, and like one other guy. Like those are like the top four most talented quarterbacks ever. If you're talking about like just quarterback talent, absolutely. But like. That there's more to football than that. You got to be able to win games. Like Matthew Stafford, for all his talent, didn't win a whole lot, and, and he can't. You can't overcome a bad roster or a bad playbook. So, where are we thinking? That's so tough. It's really tough. I think retired. Nah, I don't think retired. I, what the biggest thing for Aaron? He's, he's not going to the fucking Commanders. All of you little new Commanders fans can get out of here. Oh, oh, you mean the Washington football teams, not the Commanders? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um. I don't know. It's it's tough because what does Aaron really want right now is the thing. Aaron wants to play but not for the team he's with, but Aaron wants to maintain leverage more than anything else. Look, he wants he wants to go home with his discount Jennifer Lawrence, uh, and he wants to live the rest of his whoa, life. Whoa, 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 whoa. Danica Patrick is not discount. No, no. He married Cheyenne Woodley. They're not married? Yes. No, he's, he's still with Danica Patrick. No. Aaron Rodgers' wife? Yeah, yeah. Fiance. I just ruined this man's night. But don't. I swear he was with Fiance. With yeah, now, now he's no longer racing. Oh, he is with Shailene Woodley now. Yeah. He left Danica Patrick and then with Discount her. Discount Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, okay, I see what you're talking about. Okay, Discount Jennifer Lawrence is accurate. I'll stick yeah. with that. But regardless, like he he wants to be somewhere where he can be the guy where he can run the organization. Saints are looking for a quarterback right now. That's that's one. I'm no saying. offense to James Jameson. Or, ah, how did I mess his name up? Like Jameis, that? famous Jameis. Jameis Winston. Winston. I'm so sorry. Fumbled that like the bag. But uh, All right. I don't think that he's going to be on the Saints because uh, they don't even know who their next coach is going to be unless he's able to pick it. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me explain why it's not going to be the Saints. It's one reason only. It's two words. Uh, salary cap. They can't afford him. Facts. Their salary cap is fucked up from all the Unless they get rid of Slant Boy. Uh, no, nah, literally, I think they're going to be almost... I think they're going to be one of the three teams that are negative this year. Jesus. Like, they literally can't sign anybody this summer. <laughs> oh, so um, it's like the Giants where they couldn't afford anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's there's the Saints who need a quarterback. There's the Dolphins on taper who need a quarterback. There's the Buccaneers who are all set up to win. Like you really got to see him going to the Bucks and saying run it back. 
Now the real so, problem is, is is he able to deal with Bruce Arians, who is definitely the type of asshole that Aaron is going to clash with. I mean, I mean, Tom Brady had to clash with him too. Even, even yeah, but Tom, Tom Brady, Brady can big dick it and be like, "I'm the goat, bitch." Like I, Tom Brady will tell you to shut up, and then he'll be like, "Yes, daddy." Exactly. <laughs> look at All right, me. I I'm, am looking, the daddy I'm, 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 I'm looking at the league, league pictures now to get you good teams. All right, so the okay, not the Bears because he'll never live. He'll never live in Chicago. <laughs> Imagine him going to the Bears. Oh my God, Big Cat from Pardon My Take would just lose it. Oh, he would nut. He hates that man. Um, not the Browns. Well, may, okay, maybe the Browns. There's yeah. some things that have to happen. Uh, B- uh, Baker's contract is non guaranteed next year. May- Baker could get released if he go. He could go to the Browns. They would be a Super Bowl favorite. Now, how funny would it be if he went to? The Jets. I'm just kidding. Nah, no, no one wants to do no. that. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, so here's the here's the te- here's the dark horse that I think that no one wants to say, but everybody kind of wants to like hope for the Colts. If he went to the Colts, that'd be a good fit for him. I don't think he wants to live in Indiana. They would need to get better receivers. Uh, their receivers just aren't healthy. They don't they don't stay on the field long enough for us to call them good. Paris yeah. Campbell's been hurt three years in a row. I'm sorry. It's time to look elsewhere. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, Paris Campbell. Same thing with uh, I like T. Y. Hilton, but that man hasn't been healthy for like five years. Two years, but it feels like five years. Um, no, I, I can't really. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 one more team that we forgot about that we didn't think about that potentially, and they didn't say they were in the race, but he also didn't say he was available. The Steelers. If the Steelers can get Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers would think about the Steelers. Great organization. Coach would let him do what he wants. He'd get his pull. I mean, it works. It works. Think about it. Their starting quarterback uh, can't be trusted around your 20-year-old in a hotel. Their backup quarterback goes to a club in the middle of a pandemic when his coach has cancer. And now they can get the guy that goes on the Joe Rogan podcast to spit medicine while also being Hashtag Invermectin. There we go. (laughs) That would work. They all have... They all... I mean... Tomlin needs to get coach of the year every year just for dealing with the absolute dumpster fire that he does in the locker room every year. Yeah, like he Tomlin goes through it like the fucking dirty dozen. That man, that man's out here sweating. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna say dirty. I mean cheaper by the dozen. Like that dad from cheaper by the dozen got stressed out every week. Steve Martin. But anyway, some Steve Martin. Speaking of dumpster fires, we're gonna talk real quick about that team in Landover that likes to say they're from D.C. Landover, Maryland, baby. Landover. We're talking about. The commies, I mean, sorry, I mean, the commanders. It might as well be the commies. I mean, come on now. I mean, if you're talking about politics, man, people, that's a oh, yeah. conversation from a different day. Yeah. All right, so yeah, they picked the name finally. They didn't pick any of the names that they said they were going for, like, aviators or red tails. They just red tails wouldn't have really made sense because that would be more like, if they had an Alabama football, like, NFL team, that'd be fire because that's actually where their history is from. DC doesn't really get to claim the red tails besides them training at their facilities. Commanders just sounds commanders like, is. Yeah. You know what it is? You know, I'm gonna tell you the truth. What it really is. They saw, um, any given Sunday and then they saw the replacements and they wanted, they wanted from like the Sentinels, but they couldn't do Sentinels. Like, oh, we can't do Sentinels. That's corny. Let's just be the commanders. Like that's what it sounds like. They, they should have been the, they should have just put their money where their mouth is and get the red wolves. Uh, all they had to do was pay a college 20 million. I mean, you could make that back in sales alone, but ain't nobody buying no commander's Jersey. Them jerseys all look trash too. I mean, Sentinels would have been a good name dog. Only if they would allow the Marvel hero to be part of the, ah, that's, that's, that's a divisive hero. But you know, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. It's it's fine. Uh, it's actually not fine. It's a hilarious name. I mean, they've literally gone from bad to worse since they got rid of the Redskins. Oh, I said it. But yeah, so 
Uh, all I've got to say is their logo trash. Uh, I love the fact that of all people, Joe Theismann's the one to accidentally leak it, which is hilarious because the only thing that's been leaking lately was his leg all this time. Ooh, uh, not the pus. Oh, but uh, he uh, he accidentally leaked it, and then a drone or a plane or whatever or a helicopter, I think it was, flew overhead of their store and saw the the like very clearly the logo like inside the store. But uh, it's just disappointing that Dan uh, Snyder continues to just absolutely shit on the hearts of uh the people that still claim to be a fan of that team that is one of the most loyal fan bases in in all the sports they've been through it and like i think we want to do like a loyal fan base thing not this week but we'll make a like actual episode just talking about fan bases so it's a fun thing i'm actually going to uh add something i'm actually going to add something at the end here before we close it out uh you know this has been a very fun inaugural episode of and that's game he knows where to add the applause he knows but yeah, uh, so I'm going to do no a claps. couple. I'm going to do a couple of. I got the clap. Huh. Uh, gonorrhea. <laughs> it itches. Uh, we're going to do a couple of funny tweets that he has no idea that I knew about by Dick Butkus. Love that name. By oh, the I way. love Dick Butkus. That man uh, is. Here are a couple of his tweets, and it was in uh, Gridiron. This is from Bar, not Barstool. Uh, Bleacher Report Gridiron. Shout out to Gridiron Heights, one of the best freaking YouTube shows ever. Greatest. Uh, so we're going to do a couple of his tweets real quick because this man is a legend. All right. He said on 2-2-22, it's Groundhog's Day, which means the New York Jets have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. Damn. Facts. He said, I think it's great. Giselle lets Tom Brady retire. Hopefully she'll let him keep Rob Gronkowski in the yard. Damn. Shout out to my nephew, Luke, the new O-line coach of the Packers. So great to see you moving up with an expansion team. Damn. See, that's an old school joke, unless you like, you guys remember, Mike Ditka is old as dirt. He played in the league in the fucking 40s. Exactly. <laughs> now, somebody responded to that and said, this is such an incredible account. And then Dick said, in turn, thanks, still not going to follow you. Yeah, that's definitely Mike Ditka. <laughs> He's an asshole. <laughs> no, this is uh, Dick Buckus. Oh, Dick, Dick, Bu- Dick Buckus. He's one of the he's one of the best Chicago players ever. Well, he's also one of the best middle linebacks ever. But I'm like, exactly. they're kind of interchangeable. They have that same spirit. Dick yeah, Buckus yeah. is great. They both have the same mustache, literally. Uh, someone asked him thoughts on Tom Brady. He said he's no Buckus award winner. Never will be. Someone said Dick Buckus has some comedic chops and good zingers. He said thanks. You look tired. Go to bed. And just like this old guy tweeted him. And then, Damn. And then. <laughs> That was funny. Then that guy said, Dick, your brother once tried to fight me and my friends at Pops Hot Dogs on 103rd and Kenzie. Good times. He said, maybe next time don't jump the line. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dick Butkus is coming in hot. <laughs> and the last one I got, this must have been when Brady retired. Uh, he says, there's a guy, Mark Maxwell, who is a sportscaster, said Tom Brady would have already retired a decade ago if he ever had to take a hit from the likes of Dick Butt, the Dick Butt Kiss is the guy's uh, Twitter handle. And he said, I say, let the man drink his avocado smoothies in peace. Hey, man, he Woo! can talk his shit, but hey, Tom, Tom could have played in any era. I don't know, man. This man, this man out here roasting people, he probably could still line up and hit somebody. Bro, I really thought for a minute that this account was like 
run by a, a teenager, but this is really like this is an old man is, sipping his coffee in the morning, just lighting but, people on fire. I love the fact that an old person is disengaged on on social media and knows how to use it to just be. Pain. You know, it's him too. Right. This is his. If you've ever heard his interviews, like this is this is Dick Buckus. Like that's like, his fucking. That's his energy. Like I love but, this about this guy. He's great. The burst. Uh, he got a call from McDonald's asking why they, he hasn't made an order soon because they're lonely. But anyway, that has been a show. Uh, we're going to do the same thing we did with the other one where if you guys have like a sports topic that we don't already come up with, uh, or you have a sport, like a weird sports moment you'd like us to talk on, not a sports center top 10 type thing, but if you have like a really cool play you guys want to hit us up on, uh, once we release the first episode, I will be posting something in our little story on Instagram where you guys can come and comment below. And I will dick buckets you. Hashtag check out our Patreon.